This episode brought to you by Manscaped. Use code REVISITED for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Good evening. Welcome back to the podcast that will keep you up at night. <laughs> it is revisited, and I don't mean the 1880s. <laughs> get, out, get, get the hell out of here. Sorry, bat in the room. I don't know why. I moved to Utah and there's mm. bats everywhere. Not sure why. But anybody, anyway, everybody, anybody, <laughs> welcome anybody. back to 80s Revisited as we are here to kick off. On October Eve, September 30th, 2022, we're here to kick off officially October and our Halloween Horror Month with a little thing to, a little top 10 list to vet your appetite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Of course, I'm your host, host with the most, Trey Harris. With me as always, the producer with the, I can't think of a good word to rhyme with producer. But anyway, it's with whatever word. With the hunchback. Oh, yeah, there you go. The Igor to my Dr. Frankenstein, yeah. Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. <laughs> Good one. That sounded more like a Cheech and Chong, but... <laughs> <laughs> they, I think, I'm sure our, our audience gets it. I'm sure they get it. Right, right, right. But yeah, anyway, now last episode, I did mention that th- the next episode we'd be covering a film called The Ninth Configuration. However, as we are tangential upon this podcast, I shall give you a brief tangent of why we're not doing that and why we're doing a top ten list instead. But in my opinion, kind of works out for the better. Well, uh, I mo- I've officially moved to my new house, so yay me. It's been so mm-hmm. much fun. Uh, I mean, that half <laughs> happily, half sarcastically. But anyway, uh, I have a cloud server where I keep backups of all my movies so I don't have to break out DVDs or anything to watch them. Because if you do that, it's absolutely legal. Uh, but anyway, I don't, my cloud system isn't working, but I found the ninth configuration on Tubi, and it was free with ads. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not some you know, super upper crust person who can't deal with ads. Well, that's a lie because uh, the abs, ads, the abs, the ads are <laughs> were about three minutes long and happened about every 10 minutes. And it's a two hour movie. Uh, and it's a movie that you really need to pay attention to. So basically, I didn't get the movie watched in time uh, to get the episode out. So it's all on me. However, uh, that's a movie that I really want to truly revisit and have a really good discussion on. So that one will be pushed back a little bit later. But instead, what I decided to do and what I personally had more fun writing about, at least, uh, was this episode is going to be my pick, personal pick, for the best horror movie for every year of the 80s. So there's 10 years in the Mm. 80s. Here are 10 movies that I think are in most cases, the cream of the crop, at least for the year they came out. And some of the, picking one film out of some of these years was exceptionally difficult. But let's get into <laughs> it. So, of course, 1980 comes, 1979 comes to an end. The decade that gave us The Exorcist, Halloween, Jaws, Star Wars, The Godfather. Great decade for film. But the 70s really laid the groundwork for what was coming in the 80s. Especially in the horror, the world of horror. Uh, much like the 60s and 50s and 40s and 30s did you know, before with Universal Monsters and Hammer Films and all that. But 80s horror definitely has its charms <laughs> to it. Of course, it's a decade mm. of sequelitis, uh, for sure. Of course, the Universal Monster series and the Hammer Films all had numerous sequels to their franchises, but the 80s really 
kicked it into overdrive for sure. But anyway, 1980 comes around. January 30th, 1980 comes around, and a little bouncing baby boy named Trey Harris is born. Uh, <laughs> but in 1980, it was a good year for horror films. Uh, as you'll kind of see, you can kind of decipher which film was actually prob- or year was probably the best in the 80s for horror, but that's debatable. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Or maybe, you know, 50 minutes or so, depending on how long it takes to get through this yeah. list that I haven't even started yet. But anyway, 1980. Now, here's some of the films that came out in 1980. You had the original Friday the 13th. You had the controversial Cannibal Holocaust. The recently covered Alligator. Uh, the Changeling with George C. Scott, overrated, my opinion. The Monster Club, that was the UK release anyway, but... uh that's with Donald Pleasance and Vincent Price. If you haven't seen that one, I highly recommend it. We'll get to it on the podcast eventually, I promise. Uh, New Year's Evil, an underrated holiday horror film. Terror Train, Jamie Lee Curtis is in that one. Uh, but also, Terror Train's notable. Haven't covered it on the podcast yet, but David Copperfield, the magician, is in it. And he, <laughs> he is so bad in it. It is like, I'm just watching <laughs> it. Like This is so comical. Like This is terrible. But the movie's great. It's fun. Uh, and City of the Living Dead, which we covered on the podcast, Lucio Fulci, it's the movie where the girl vomits her guts out when she's looking at the vampire zombie-looking dude. Uh, listen to that episode on and watch that movie. It's pretty pretty messed up. But my choice for the best horror movie, if I had to only pick one to say this was the best one released that year. Now, at first, I thought, oh, maybe Friday the 13th. You know, the first one's, you know, one of the, one of the best of the series for sure. However, it does not compare... Honestly, in my opinion, again, just my opinion, Horror Hounds, to the, the best horror movie that released in 1980, which I would say has to be Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Uh, to this day, it is still a masterpiece, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, as far as ghost stories go, it's still the best one in that I can think of, except for maybe one other one that we'll get to in a couple of years on this list. So 1980, my choice, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Uh, 1981. Hmm. Uh, now, 1981 kind of kicked off the year for sequels, as you'll see. Uh, we had The Burning, which was basically a ripoff of Friday the 13th. The television film that terrified many a young child in the 80s, Dark Night of the Scarecrow. Uh, the criminally underrated and yet to be covered on the podcast, Dead and Buried. The original Evil Dead, Friday the 13th Part 2, Halloween 2, Funhouse by Toby Hooper of Texas Chainsaw Massacre fame, The Howling, My Bloody Valentine, uh, possession and of course scanners. However, if I had to pick one, and I almost didn't want to pick this one uh, because of the Twilight Zone the movie episode and uh, John Landis being a complete and utter asshole and scumbag human being. However, despite that, An American Werewolf in London is a phenomenal film and arguably the best werewolf movie ever made. Now, of course, people are like, oh no way, Evil Dead's way better. I. I don't necessarily, I won't disagree with that pick, but uh, don't worry, I got you covered. Wink, wink, coming up in 87. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, this is one, you know, some people, Friday 13th 2, solid sequel. Halloween 2, solid sequel. Uh, a lot of good movies this year, but I had to pick one, An American Werewolf in London. If you want to hear our thoughts on The Shining, by the way, Jesse, that was episode, I think you showed me on the screen, I just noticed, 21 of the podcast. And honestly, I'm looking at all the ones I picked as the best, and I think we've actually covered every one of them on the podcast. So there is a a corresponding episode for all these best of uh, on there. So I guess I should have sent you the list first, Jesse, but I literally just realized (laughs) that. So we're doing it live! Uh, but American Rifle London was episode, what was that, eight? 
Uh, that was my podcast. Never mind. Never mind. Take it back. It was done. Yeah. I'll, I'll get back to you. Uh, I have but, to bring up my <laughs> my spreadsheets. 1982 rolls around. Another great uh, year for Halloween uh, uh, horror movies. Excuse me, with more sequels. Uh, of two of the main franchises, at least, because remember the the third big one, the Nightmare franchise, hasn't quite come out yet. But in '82, uh, we had Basket Case, Creep Show, the original, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, Halloween Three, Season of the Witch. Nothing to do with Michael Myers, but still an amazing, amazing Halloween movie. Uh, Pieces, Poltergeist, the other best ghost movie ever. Right, I put it right there with The Shining. Uh, American Werewolf in London was episode one ninety two. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was during our Creature Feature Halloween special. Yep, good times, good times. Good times. <laughs> uh, but uh, Poltergeist, uh, Slumber Party Massacre, uh, Argento's Tenebrae, uh, Extro, if you like your sci-fi, body-snatching horror. However, speaking of body-snatching horror from another world, the clear choice, I think, for 1982 has to be... It was going to be Poltergeist until I got to the T's, because the T's contain The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, still one of the most terrifying films I've ever seen. Uh, the jump scare is still incredible. The effects hold up better than anything in any of the recent CG slodge fest that we see put out by the uh, Disney or any of the other big studios. And The Thing was episode 24, one of our early, early episodes in the mm-hmm. podcast, back when I had a co-host yep. that wasn't, a, that wasn't and... also a producer. <laughs> I think we were putting them on YouTube, like this overhead shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a few episodes where we did that, and I feel like those were early on. It seems like it. But yeah. <laughs> good times. Good times. Almost as good as the 80s themselves. Uh, but moving on up to 1983. Uh, this was a year for some, uh, almost said Spielberg, for uh, Stephen King films to really kind of hit. We had Christine, Cujo. Uh, Curtains, The Hunger with Bowie, which we just covered a couple weeks ago. Jaws 3, The Killer Shark made his return in 83. Uh, The Keep, Sledgehammer, an underrated film by the same team that brought us Deadly Prey. So if you haven't seen Sledgehammer, check that one out. If you're going to watch it, you need to watch it on Joe Bob Briggs' The Last Drive-In, because that will make it somewhat more bearable. But it's one of those movies that is so terrible, it is actually (laughs) incredibly Entertaining. Uh, also, Sleepaway Camp with one of the greatest endings of horror history released in 83. Twilight Zone the movie with, you know, Mr. Fucky John Landis. Uh, the Cronenberg classic Videodrome. Uh, however, if I had to pick one film from 83 as being the best one, it would be one that I actually didn't see till much later after, the, uh, after it came out, which we covered, I think, maybe a uh, year before last. The last year we did it before we had the year off from me, me, me moving to California. And that would be Psycho 2, which, uh, in Quentin Tarantino's words, he says is better than the original, which I do not agree with that statement at all. However, uh, as we discussed on the episode, Psycho 2, episode 221, October 11, 2019, uh, it is, I would say it's one of the greatest horror sequels ever made. Uh, you know, uh, following up what many consider to be the greatest horror movie by one of by argue, by almost not arguably the greatest director who ever lived because if you look at I saw an infographic the other day about like directors whose films are taught in school and Hitchcock was like massively the most like bar none like I think the next one was uh, Kubrick and it was like a difference of like a hundred I mean it was a huge difference so uh, I think most people would say that hard to argue that Hitchcock is you know one of the greatest directors if not the greatest director of all time 
uh, to following up his ma- one of his masterpieces is No Tall Order. However, I think they nailed it in Psycho 2. Great ending, great story, great sequel. Uh, moving on to George Orwell's 1984. Uh, we had Chud, Children of the Corn, another King movie. Uh, the Company of Wolves, a decent werewolf flick. Another King one with Firestarter. And we saw part four of Friday the 13th. And also Gremlins, Night of the Comet, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Now, I fully thought that for this list, I kind of I kind of thought Friday the 13th part four would be the one, the pick for that year. However, it came out in 1984, which is the same year as Mr. Frederick Kroger enters the fight. That's a Goldberg's reference, by the way. Uh, with Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and Friday the 13th Part 4 is arguably the best in the series, but Nightmare, the OG Nightmare, is the best in terms of film quality, not necessarily enjoyment, because Dream Warriors is pretty fucking awesome. Uh, amazing. Uh, but uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, absolutely. Uh, episode 65 of the podcast back in 2013. Wow, most 10 years ago. <laughs> wow, we are fucking old, man. Uh, it doesn't seem like that. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, you know, it's so weird. It absolutely does not seem like we've been doing this podcast as long as we have been. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, it's yeah, been here. 1984 goes, sorry, Jason, I love you, but I'm sorry, none of your films are better to me <laughs> than the OG Nightmare on Elm Street. And I get, and honestly, if I didn't, you know, I like, because I think people should be able to justify their opinions. In my opinion, it's because Nightmare on Elm Street is original. 100% original. It's not a part four, it's not a part two, it's not a part eight. It's an original, completely original and unique and imaginative horror movie. Not that, you know, the, believe me, the Friday the 13th sequels get very imaginative in, in their continuity and ways to kill Jason and everything. But, you know, in, as opposed to just a killer stalking you in the woods or in the streets on Halloween, he's in your dreams. And that, Mr. Wes, we thank Mr. Wes Craven and his genius for bringing us Freddy Krueger, the iconic Freddy Krueger, arguably the most iconic slasher since, or, or horror movie character since Dracula or Frankenstein the OG uh, Universal Monsters Frankenstein I'd, uh, yeah I'd die on that hill I'd say that uh, Freddy absolutely <laughs> is the number one uh, most popular uh, maybe not these days maybe Jason might be a little more popular today because of the persistence of that franchise uh, in terms of like other media like with a lot of fan films and um, video game video game of course uh, board game as well with Friday the 13th but mm-hmm. uh, and you know I get and I guess the reason for that I would say that now now Jason has probably eclipsed Freddy in popularity but I the only reason that is in my live on air speculation is simply because you've had um, Ari Lehman Steve Dash Ted White uh, Kane Hodder you've had numerous people Richard Booker play Jason but only one person not counting the remake has ever played Freddy Krueger. <laughs> And only, and you know that's a tall you know it's it's like making a sequel to Psycho. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. happen every day, so I think that might be a reason. But you know, Freddy, Freddy has you know he has knives for hands, and knives are good for a lot of things, especially, well, not ex- blades. <laughs> blades are good, not knives, unless you want to be like yeah. you know, Crocodile Dundee. Uh, but blades are really good for shaving, as is 
Manscaped and their Performance Package 4.0 because support for this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package, uh, which both they graciously sent both to me and Jesse. And actually, for the first time, I'm wearing... This might be too. This might be uh, what they say TMI, <laughs> but I'm wearing their underwear for the first time, and they're pretty comfortable. Oh, okay, yeah. So uh, I like their boxer briefs, which I prefer. Uh, very comfortable. You get that for free, as well as the shed travel bag and free shipping if you use the code. And twenty. Well, actually, I, I forgot the best part. Twenty percent off the performance package mm-hmm. uh, when you use the code Revisited at checkout. And like I said before, free shipping. And I must say, it's absolutely worth it. Uh, We've gotten a few advertisers on here, you know, with like books and stuff like that, which we've done. And, uh, you know, one thing I could say about our integrity, our integrity, as <laughs> I think is a better app for this podcast, is that, you know, we like to promote things that we actually have tried. And like I said, Manscaped sent us this stuff. And I had the 3.0 before, so I was m- mucho excited to get the updated one. And uh, it's good mm-hmm. for, and, it's, it's, and, and ladies, it's called Manscaped, but believe me, you can trim your nethers with it too, or your armpits. Mm-hmm. It works, uh, but the nose trimmer. I always wonder every time we talk about, I have to bring it up. I've I tried multiple different brands of the nose trimmer: Philips, Panasonic, all sorts. And believe you me, the uh, Weed Whacker is the best nose hair yeah. trimmer I personally have ever used. So if you don't need the performance, all those package, other ones are trash. <laughs> all others are two or well, they're literally because I threw them away. Because uh, yeah. when I got the performance package, I kept. Uh, I threw the 3.0 away because it's not exactly you can't exactly gift you know a ball shaver to somebody else uh, you know Facebook marketplace <laughs> ever <laughs> you know Facebook marketplace uh, barely used Manscaped 3.0 <laughs> yeah. using all my balls one time free to a good home no nobody's gonna get that I mean no let's be after honest. you got the 4.0 you don't need a backup exactly exactly yeah. but I didn't have the weed whacker because I. Uh, uh, the, it just kind of came out right after I got it. I was like, and I just got a new one from Phillips. I was like, I just got one, spent 30 bucks on it. Let me use it first. But then once Manscaped <laughs> approaches, got that weed whacker. I'm telling you, boys, especially if you got Italian nostrils like me, you got to trim those woods. And it mm-hmm. works very well. Quick and easy. Minimal cleanup. Can't praise it enough. So, yeah, don't forget. You want to breathe, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just don't forget, 20% off and free shipping with the code REVISITED at manscaped.com. So thank you, Manscaped. Thanks, uh, Manscaped. Moving on up to 1985. Great good year for horror here. Uh, this was the year of the zombie in the 80s because we had Day of the Dead, Demons, Friday the 13th Part 5, Ghoulies, The Howling 2, the first of many sequels for that franchise, Life Force, another to- Toby Hooper classic, uh, a t- another TV movie that was really enjoyable. Uh, I think it's free on YouTube. It's called The Midnight Hour. The first Nightmare sequel with Nightmare 2. Reanimator. More zombies. And speaking of zombies, Return of the Living Dead. Silver Bullet. Another good werewolf movie. The Stuff. And one of the greatest animes of all time. Or mangas. I'm not sure if, if anime is still the right term for the movie, the movies. But Vampire Hunter D. The OG. Uh, however, there is one I think that stands... I almost went with Reanimator on this one because it's so iconic. However, I had to pick 1985's Fright Night. Uh, arguably, the, definitely, definitely one of the best vampire movies ever made, bar none. Uh, so yeah, Fright Night, and that was, as soon as I can flip back to uh, Discord... 
which I think <laughs> episode sixty three. There it is, sixty three. Thank you, Jesse. I was looking. I had my emails up and my Manscaped <laughs> script. I was like, I had it up. I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. But yeah, episode sixty three with Fright Night. That was our. I mean, oh, and the one before it. Well, that was a vampire too for uh, Lost Boys, and then Fright Night. So uh, twenty mm. another twenty thirteen one. Uh, Nineteen eighty six. Big year for horror too. A lot of good ones in this one. April Fool's Day. Uh, Chopping Mall with the lovely and gorgeous Barbara Crampton was also in Reanimator. Uh, the First Critters, Deadly Friend by Wes Craven, Demons 2, Friday the 13th Part 6, one of the best of the franchise. Uh, From Beyond, another uh, Barbara Crampton, uh, I forgot the director, oh my god, the director, it's on my tip of my tongue, Stuart, Stuart Gordon uh, film, follow-up to Reanimator, uh, also with, uh, oh my god, the dude from Dawn of the Dead. Ken Foray, just give me, just gotta, just gotta give me a second, people. I can come up. I'll, I'll get it. Uh, and uh, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Which, if you're a fan of Michael Rooker and you've never seen Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, don't watch Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Because <laughs> that was my introduction to Michael Rooker. Uh, that and Mallrats. Uh, of course, he's much more beloved these days. You know, with uh, Yondu and I mean, a fantastic actor. Period. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you like, if you're, if you uh, enjoyed watching Dahmer on Netflix, which we'll talk about in uh, the Back to the Future segment. Uh, go watch Henry. Just just see if you can get through that. Uh, then we had Rutger Hauer and The Hitcher. We had the original House, Toby Hooper's remake of Invaders from Mars, which creeped me the hell out as a kid. The fantastic remake of Little Shop of Horrors with Rick Moranis, Maximum Overdrive, Night of the Creeps, Poltergeist 2, Psycho 3, Rawhead Rex, Spookies, Terrorvision, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Troll, Vamp, and Witchboard. More on that later in the month. However, one of, there is a film I think that is absolutely, uh, even with all these great ones that I've mentioned, you got you already got it on the screen, Jesse. Good job. I don't know if you meant that or not, or, or figured it out or not. Uh, but without a doubt, it is 1986's The Fly remake with Jeff. Uh, I almost said Jeff Bridges. That would have been really different. Uh, uh, David Cronenberg's The Fly uh, with Jeff uh, Go- Jeff Goldblum and Gene Davis. Uh, another one much like The Thing, a benchmark in practical effects, uh, and just what a fantastic film. We watch, Me and Malta, it's one, it's one of my wife's favorite ones, too. We watch it every October. Uh, in fact, uh, Shout Factory had their Shocktober sale, and they had the entire Fly set, uh, the original Vincent Price one, and I think it had a couple of sequels, and Cronenberg's the, uh, the Fly and The Fly 2. It was on sale normally like sixty. It was on sale for like thirty six. Snatch that up. Look forward to watching uh, that and delving into all the special features this year. So if you're a fan of the Fly, box sets on sale at uh, Shout Factory right now. Get it while it lasts. But yeah, there's no way I could pick any of them other any of those other movies over the Fly. At first, I was going to list. My first inclination was Little Shop of Horrors, and then I got to the T's again, much like the thing, because the mm-hmm. <laughs> on Wikipedia they have it by a letter, and the counts as a letter, uh, and. Some places it does, some places it don't. It's always confusing. There needs to be a rule for the. Maybe there is, and nobody abides by it. I don't know, but uh, yeah, 1986 has to go to the fly. 1987. Congrats, fly. <laughs> Welcome. In fact, every <laughs> here's a, well. It's actually a reference to the original uh, fly from with Vincent Price because uh, we get a fly. My do- Violet is terrified of bugs. I mean, we'll be in a, we'll be, I'll be in the, we'll be in the office. She'll be sitting at her table in the living room or watching TV on her iPad. And also, we'll just hear a blood curdling scream, like make you know, as a parent makes you jump and run in there. And it's like she's like, it's a bug, it's a bug, which blows my mind because she has toy bugs. <laughs> I mean, she learned she, it from you. Oh, I love bugs. <laughs> well, 
she should meet you, Jesse, because you kill bugs for a living. Yeah. Oh, in case Smash I didn't mention, uh, make sure I mentioned episode 23, uh, right before The Thing. So you can listen to The Fly and then The Thing. Uh, that was one of mm-hmm. oh, and The Shining's 21, so a lot of these were right by each other. We knocked out the big ones yeah. first. That's very the telling. The good ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, anyway, but every time I kill a fly, I'll pick it up, and I'll, before I start throwing it away, I'm like, help me, help me! Because in the original movie, uh, the, in the tele, he doesn't mutate into a fly. He His head and hand get switched with the flies. So the man has a fly head and a fly hand. Looks great for the time. And then in... Mm-hmm. And then the fly that was in there with him has a human head and a human hand, but like tiny, you know, a fly size. And the last shot of the movie, spoiler alert, is he gets stuck in a spider's web. And he's just screaming, hear me, hear me. So every time I kill a fly, <laughs> I, I say that as I throw it away in the garbage. Hear me, hear me. So there's my little quick aside about the fly, the OG fly. Nice. But uh, 1987, yeah. uh, Jesse, you probably kill more flies than most people in the world yeah. since you're exterminating. Killed a few. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 1987, we got Angel Heart with De Niro. Bad Taste. The world was introduced to Peter Jackson. I'm pretty sure that was his first film before uh, Dead Alive. I believe so. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Blood Diner. Creep Show 2. The Gate. Ghoulies 2. Uh, Hello, Mary Lou. Prom Night 2, which has one of the, mo- the... As a kid, I was in love with the poster. I was in love with the painted Mary Lou on the poster. <laughs> I was absolutely had improper thoughts about that poster as a kid. The OG Hellraiser, which the new movie's coming out on Hulu later on in October. Can't wait. It looks amazing. High, high hopes for that. Uh, House 2, an, a fantastic sequel. Howling 3, Jaws the Revenge, The Lost Boys, Monster Squad, Near Dark, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Prince of Darkness, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, Slumber Party Massacre 2, Street Trash, and another fantastic uh, manga video VHS that I had and shouldn't have been watching at my age when I got it, (laughs) Wicked City. (laughs) However, now look, I've named some of the absolute classics. 87 was a fantastic year. Hellraiser, Jaws Revenge, just kidding. Uh, Lost Boys, Monster Squad, (laughs) Near Dark, Nightmare 3, Prince of Darkness. I mean, any, like, I was... I, I this one was hard until I just gave it a simple thought. I'm like, no, which one of these films would I drop? Would I stop and watch right now? And the answer was the Monster Squad. However, th- there was one that was a little bit above it, and that was Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead Two, uh, in my horror progression, was one of the earliest like horror movies that I ever saw, and it in my it's still the best of the franchise in my opinion. Uh, again, Evil Dead is its own thing. The first one, Evil Dead Two, is this is just Raimi and Campbell unleashed. Uh, it is one of the most iconic films uh, to me and in the world. I mean, it, it it's what made Ash Ash. If Evil De- if, if Evil Dead ended after the first movie, there would well obviously because there wouldn't have been any sequels. But you know, we would not Bruce Campbell would not be where he is today. Uh, I would, in my opinion, I should say, uh, Evil Dead 2 is the reason we all love Bruce Campbell and how the world was introduced to Bruce Campbell because Evil Dead 2 is... Yeah, I'll say it. it, Evil Dead 2 is the greatest sequel ever made off the top of my head. I can't think of a better one that I would say Mm -hmm. means more to me and influenced me. Uh, All the the movies we made uh, as kids were directly influenced by Raimi's direction of Evil Dead 2, using the camera as a weapon. Uh, 
I, I mean, I, I can still see the VHS tape that my good friend Larry's mom had uh, where she recorded it off HBO. And that's how we all watch it for the first time. On VHS, it had, a, it had just a piece of, piece of scotch tape put over it. And uh, it's just said Evil Dead 2. Crap, Jesse, why'd you have to bring up this list? Because now I already know I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 is absolutely one of the greatest sequels. Because uh, what, what, now what, would I comp- what, would I, what would I put in that, in that category? Okay, i, I got to contradict myself. Uh, Fury Road. Uh, um, Terminator 2, Aliens, uh, yeah. Bride of Frankenstein, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, yeah, so there, there are great sequels. <laughs> but let's keep it at number twos. So uh, I think number the biggest twos. competition there would be uh, Terminator 2 or Aliens. Right. But to be honest, you know, uh, on a, in my life growing up, you know, being born in 1980, being a child in the 80s, and a you know coming of age in the nineties, uh, Evil Dead Two was a huge part. I mean, me and my friend Jason would. Just, we, I mean, still we we quote that movie. Uh, I can close my eyes and watch the entire movie. Uh, and honestly, same thing with Terminator Two. But honestly, you know, I, no, no, I'll stand by my choice. If I did, if I had to pick one sequel right now, I would say Evil Dead Two. Uh, and it's a person, and for me, it's a absolutely, it's absolutely a personal. I'm not saying objectively, you know, it's not like Godfather Two that won Best Picture, but Evil Dead Two for me in my lifetime and me growing up with my friends, it was we watch we watched the hell out of it. And I'll never forget because we, we, as a kid, we collected comics and watched Evil Dead Two all the time. And my friend Jason said, "Trey, did you you know you got to come over? You got to see this comic I got." I'm like, "Okay, well, sure." And he, it, was, it wasn't to see the comic. I don't remember what the comic was. It was because on the back of that issue was a full-page movie poster ad for Army of Darkness. And it was just like, I'm like, wait, wait, Army of Darkness? Wait, that's, but that's Ash. What is it? Like, I mean, there's no internet. We had no, I mean, mm. we just saw that it was, it had to be, we, you know, we figured it out. It had to be a sequel because of the app. And honestly, Evil Dead 2? One of the greatest endings of horror history. Spoiler if you haven't seen it, he goes back in time and that, hell, hell. That is that you know it, it's a it's an Empire Strikes Back ending. It's a downer ending, uh, but then it, it is immediately reversed by Army of Darkness. Uh, but I mean, you know, the original Halloween ending, you know, perfect ending. The heavy breathing over all the sights we've seen. He's 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 in, he's every Michael Myers could be here or he's here. He's everywhere. He's right behind you. Evil Dead Two. You know your hero is stuck in, in back in the in the the past. It's it's fat and it just ends. It just flat out ends. Fucking awesome movie! I can't gush over that too enough, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, I already well, I spoiled the end for you. But I mean, if you don't watch it, it, it you can watch it any time of the year. But it, it's it is fun to watch the double feature, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. Just do a double feature, and you're good. And, and believe me, if you haven't seen them, I envy you because you're about to watch two of the greatest films of all time, <laughs> without a doubt. So yeah, Evil Dead Two, and again. It, 87 is a fantastic year, man. That's probably the best year, I think, so absolutely so far of the of the, the one. The, if I had to pick one of these years to where, like, you can only watch these movies the rest of your life, it's a, it's a damn hard choice. But honestly, 87 is pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking good. Uh, I think you just don't have a Friday. You don't have a Friday or a Nightmare. I mean, you have Nightmare 3. You don't have a, a Friday or a Halloween but you got Nightmare Three. I mean, you're fine, uh, and you got Prince of Darkness, Lost Boys, Monster Squad, Near Dark, House Two, Hellraiser. You're good. 80, so yeah, '87 is probably the best year of the '80s for horror, and the king on that throne 
is Evil Dead. Dose. Uh, 1988, having to follow up 87, it's a hell of a hell of a year. Uh, but you had Bad Dreams, Black Roses, which uh, had one of the greatest VHS covers of all time, and I'm glad I never owned it because it had like a I don't know, back in, in the 90s at Spencer's, you get these black, it was a black light thing, and it had like a skull coming out of it, but it was 3D, and it stuck out of the frame by like a foot, and it was glow in the dark, and I had it hanging on my wall, it was cool, but the cover for uh, shit, uh, Black Roses was like that, it was like a, it had a, a tech, like a plastic punch out cover, it's hard to describe. Uh, which I, seeing them mm. it on the v, at the VHS store is like oh this is badass this is awesome uh, yeah but the movie's terrible <laughs> but it, it's <laughs> I say it, it, I say it's terrible but it's so bad it's good yeah we're looking at the, the cover now the po- there it is you can kind of see what I'm saying uh, that be was that would that be yeah. embossed or debossed uh, I don't know almost like holographic or something or what but it's 3D it's like oh you, oh, oh yeah just the emboss that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah the roses are popping out yeah. Yeah, Something so like you, you couldn't put it in your VHS collection without it damaging the movie next to it, so you'd have to put it in sure. front. Uh, not a movie you would watch for the effects, by the way. Uh, but speaking of effects, there, that's the reason why that picture you just saw. That's a, that, that's basically it's basically a, you can tell it's a hand puppet in the movie. Sorry, everybody listening, visual joke on an audio podcast. Uh, but speaking of good effects, the remake of the Blob, uh, brain damage, the OG Child's Play. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Mm-mm-mm. Friday the 13th Part 7, Fright Night 2, Halloween 4, Hellraiser 2, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Maniac Cop, Night of the Demons, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Phantasm 2, Poltergeist 3, Pumpkinhead, uh, Return of the Living Dead 2, Serpent in the Rainbow, Sleepaway Camp 2, Slugs, and Waxwork. Now, I haven't picked a winner for this year yet because I still haven't decided which one I want to pick. So I just left a question mark. But uh, now that it's actually oh, time to wow. now that it's actually time to pick one, I'm really kind of torn between Pumpkinhead and Hellraiser Two. Uh, Hellraiser Two fucked me up when I watched it. I found it it was one of the, the few films that I've watched and found disturbing. Uh, but Pumpkinhead is just so original. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go with Pumpkinhead for this one. Uh, just totally original. Lance Henriksen, one of his best performances. Uh, and the the Pumpkinhead itself under you know there, I think there's two sequels. That's episode one ninety of the podcast, and I don't think Jesse I mentioned the Evil Dead one either. Uh, yeah, uh, but that was uh, thirty eight. Uh, thirty eight. I'm sorry. Uh, thirty eight. Yeah. Or yeah, thirty nine. Oh yeah, because we did Listen the whole trilogy. Thirty eight and thirty nine. Yeah. yeah, and forty two. Because we got 40. the whole trilogy. That's when we dipped our toe in the nineties. Uh, yep. The one of the I think the two or three times we did. Yeah, I think maybe only this twice because we did Army of Darkness. Because we want to do the whole trilogy, and then Back to the Future. Just part three was in the ninety, it was like nineteen ninety or something. So we've only gone into the into the future, I think, twice on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'll stick with Pumpkinhead for that. And honestly, I'm not going to argue if anybody says any of them. Phantasm Two is also really great. That one, uh, along with uh, Hellraiser Two, was pretty disturbing as a kid. Uh, Halloween Four, I think, is a great sequel. The Return of Michael Myers. We finally got Michael back uh, to cash in late in the decade. <laughs> Of sequels, you know, Friday the Thirteenth was on seven, Halloween was only on four, and it was only the third one with Michael in it. Uh, so yeah, I'll stick with that. Uh, in nineteen eighty nine, our last year to talk about here, uh, and after after eighty seven and eighty eight, eighty nine is pretty disappointing in terms of the amount. But 
Actually, and the quality, too, let's be honest, <laughs> for most of them. Uh, I wouldn't say that applies, however, to The Fly 2. I think it's a solid and disturbing sequel. Uh, however, Friday the 13th, Part 8, one of the, considered one of the worst in the series. Halloween 5, one of the worst in the series. Uh, the Peter Weller uh, underwater adventure Leviathan, which is great. Nightmare 5, eh, it's not as bad as 6, but I would... Yeah. It's not as bad as people remember, but it's also not as good as I think people, some people make uh, Nightmare 5 out to be. Uh, and speaking of franchises by Wes Craven, uh, he also had Shocker that year, Sleepaway Camp 3, Society, if you haven't seen that one. Uh, just remember the word shunting, and you're like, what does that mean? You need to watch the movie Society, and you'll know what shunting is. And you will either hate me for it or thank me for it. I don't know which. Uh, there's a, and there's a, there's a, a notoriously bad film called Things. Uh, it is not a sequel to The Thing. It is just a movie called Things. And if you ever want to... I think it is probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Like, production... Like, in terms of, like, made. However, it is a train wreck. It just gets... You can't look away from it. It's fantastically stupid. Uh, it was also <laughs> covered on Joe Bob Briggs along with Sledgehammer. So if you're going to watch it, I'd recommend doing that double feature. Uh, and then uh, Vampire's Kiss with Nicolas Cage, which, honestly, we haven't covered it yet. I'm saving it for, like... Uh, Nick Cage's birthday, uh, or something like that, to tie it in. It's really not. It's more. It's more like Joker. It's not really a horror movie, I'd say, because uh, spoiler alert: there's no vampires in it. Uh, real ones, that is. Uh, Warlock. More on that later in the month. Uh, the woman in black and the woman in black. However, there is one film that absolutely, without a doubt, is leagues above all of these, except maybe The Fly Two. And, and Leviathan and far, as far as enjoyment but also scare factor for sure and that would be Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, the OG not the remake but episode 133 of the podcast when we had our Christine month for Halloween Horror uh, yeah Pet Cemetery didn't dig the remake Look, in the original is it a product of its time yes is it good yes uh, I think it, it holds up for a Stephen King 80's movie uh, the book is still better. Uh, a lot of stuff they left out, but great ending, too, for the uh, the movie. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's pretty good. So there you go. So to round them up one more time, if you just skip to the end of the episode, the top ten horror movies of the 80s, based by year, The Shining, An American Werewolf in London, The Thing, Psycho 2, Nightmare on Elm Street, Fright Night, The Fly, Evil Dead 2, Pumpkinhead, and Pet Cemetery. So there, there's 10 movies you should watch this year if you haven't seen them. And if you have seen them, they're all worth revisiting as we do in this podcast every Halloween. Uh, we did get a couple emails from our some uh, regulars. Uh, Plain Pullin' Tom sends us an email. He says, good morning, guys. Great show as always. Here in Chesapeake, Virginia, we had our own double deuce uh, built and managed by someone with a lot more money than I will ever have. But, by the, same, but the same story on its uh, crime, shooting, underage drinking, drugs being sold, brought in the, and they, so they brought in the bulldozers. <laughs> Of course, he's referencing uh, what we were talking about with Roadhouse last week. Uh, but he had a plane pull update for last weekend. He came in third this year with what he believed was one of his most perfect pulls he has ever been a part of. A FedEx 380, 12 feet in 6.6 seconds. I don't care. I mean, that's third. That's still majorly impressive to me because uh, that would take me maybe a week in my 20s. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Uh, so far. I'll just uh, leave it. Yeah. FedEx 380. It's freaking huge. <laughs> wow. wow. Jesus. Oh, that's plain pulling Tom for you. 
So for <laughs> <Yeah>. my, <laughs> and apparently they do it on teams. And he goes on to say, for most of the day, my team was leading. Now, something new this year. For teams that did not raise the full entry, not enough people, too many people, or did not want to try the AC3080, Virginia Special Olympics had a United 737, which I've flown on plenty of those in my life. Uh, Delta 737, it's not United's which also made the pools quicker and still had places and trophies. As I say, close to the scoreboard and clock watching teams come and go. I heard there were only two pools left Two pools left on the FedEx plane. All right, worst case was second, as the 13-year champ have, champs have not pulled yet. As I look over, I see half of my team on a team walking out there. Wow. Uh, it looked like the guy in the bounty paper towel ad screaming, No! <laughs> As, uh, as Milk is heading to the lottery ticket, as I watch the clock stop at 6.5, champ pulled a 5.6. Outweigh by my team over 1,700 pounds. Wow. So he beat you by a second. Wow. Still, I mean, I know, I know that in, in, in events like that, that's a lot, you know, but it's such a short amount of time in reality, you know, day to day life, but in stuff like that, you know, seconds matter. Or like Data says in, uh, what is that, first contact, did you doubt, did you doubt yourself, Data, for a second, sir? But for an android, that's an eternity. And that's not verbatim, Trekkies or Trekkers, whichever one applies to that one, I don't remember. So don't crucify me for misquoting. Captain mm-hmm. Picard or Data. Uh, time goes on, uh, and that is the sport of plane pulling. Sometimes you beat yourselves. The true winners are the Virginia Special Olympics, as we raised four hundred and forty thousand dollars for them. Absolutely, that, that is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Uh, if you get a chance, go to last month's uh, A Lex Luger bio. Uh, a and E Lex Luger bio. I need to. I need to watch those because I know they came out with another group of the wrestling ones, and their first batch of them last year was amazing. Uh, but he's on it at uh, 24 minutes and 33 seconds, Starcade 88 at the Norfolk Scope. Uh, he says, have a great week. Looking forward to the Halloween shows. If you're looking for an 80s vampire movie, Near Dark is one of those, not the normal, is one of those, not the normal vampire movies. No fangs, no trances, no coffins, but some of the great one-liners from the late, great Bill Paxton, Plane Pulling Tom. Absolutely agree on Near Dark. Uh, originally, one of the topics I was thinking about for this year was vampire movies, uh, but I'm going to save that. <laughs> for later as you'll see on the podcast mm-hmm. and our good friend UK Pete president of the UK 80s Visited fan club uh, sends us another email afternoon gents I uh, hope you are well enjoying some fine late autumn weather I certainly am here in the cool desert at night uh, Jesse I'm not sure how the weather's looking out there how's it looking any cool it's actually yet? really nice no, we, yeah we had like a high of 79 which Whoa. here's pretty good it's That's been really dry good. hasn't rained here in like 20 days so it's pretty good are y'all okay? Is everybody okay? Yeah. 20 days? That's different. I'd be 20, curious. Yeah, we had a fire warning uh, recently. Wow. Like a, it was called a red weather warning. I was like, what the hell's a red weather warning? Yeah, like <laughs> in Louisiana? Are you high? Wow. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, but uh, Pete goes on to say, Trey, you mentioned your issues with House of the Dragon and, and having just watched this week's and the time jump. I agree with you. It's a good show, but there is no one to root for apart from the king who will soon be dead. Obviously, <laughs> that's not a spoiler. <laughs> Anybody with eyes can predict that. The rest are bastards, cunts, and generally unlikely. Yeah. Uh, the show needs a Ned Stark character that brings the viewers in. 100% agree. However, he does say he's never seen Roadhouse, so we'll have to check it out sometime. Again, it's hey, two hey, hours long. together. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we come, we'll watch it together. Uh, as always, look after yourselves. And if either of you are planning to visit the UK, now would be the time, given our useless PM and Chancellor have fucked up the country and the exchange mm-hmm. rate is really good for you guys. It actually, I saw, I heard that on uh, every morning when I get up to make coffee. I say, Alexa, play the news. Uh, <laughs> and I've heard that. So it is, because when I went over there uh, for my brother's wedding, or when we, we went to Italy for his wedding, 
flew to France and then England was the last stop, the UK. Uh, the exchange rate, I think, was like a dollar, like one pound was a dollar twenty. Uh, so I'm not sure what it is these days, but uh, yeah, it was uh, England was the most expensive place we went between those three. Again, it was eight years ago. Things always change, but uh, I want to go back so bad. And but I promise you, Pete, I ever set foot on the motherland soil again, <laughs> you will be the first to know. Uh, but he goes on to say, happy to meet up, have a beer, and talk about the best decade ever. Hell yeah, dude. Hopefully, fingers crossed, one day we can make that happen. I, I truly want to go back over there. That was one of the greatest trips I ever had in my life. And we were so busy, we didn't get to see, you know, we saw all the big things. In fact, uh, all my memories on Facebook uh, two days ago was like the picture of me and Autumn on the bus for the Jack the Ripper tour. Which, if you ever go to jolly old Londinium, I highly recommend do the Ripper tours. They're so much fun, interesting, even if you don't like it. I like that kind of shit. And it was amazing, great, etc., etc. So, yeah, back to the future this week. Jesse, you had any time to see anything? Anything new? Play anything? Uh, whew. no, I don't think I have actually. Been catching up at work though. Hey, there Pretty you go. Good. That works. Uh, I did watch Rob Zombie's The Monsters. Uh, okay. Whew. Um, yeah, uh, it, it exists. Um, it's a thing. Uh, now I will say this. I, because I think, I think Rob Zombie is both overrated and underrated simultaneously because he, I think, I don't think any other filmmaker is more either you love, people say they love him or they absolutely hate him. I believe I said this before on the podcast. Uh, I think Rob Zombie is a good director. I think he's got a great eye. Uh, I think the cinema, I think the, I, I love the setting, the set and the set design and everything and the uh, look of this monsters movie. Yeah, I like the I like the hyper colors. A lot of people don't like it. I just like the cartoony look of it. I think it looks really good visually. However, I've said this before, I will always say this until he proves me wrong. Rob Zombie is one of the worst screenwriters that has ever existed. His dialogue, his writing is terrible. Uh, aside from Lords of Salem and uh a good chunk of Devil's Rejects, although I do I still say Lords of Salem is his best film, followed by Devil's Rejects. Monsters is his worst, uh, to me personally. And I watched the cartoon on Nick and Not. I mean, it's like oh, excuse me. I watched the original black and white one on TV as a kid. Uh, loved it. You know, enjoyable. I don't. I never. I can't say I've seen every episode, but I can say that you know a lot of the defense of this movie is like, oh, it's just as corny and cheesy as the original. That's fine, but it's not. It's worse. The jokes. I uh, Autumn laughed twice. I giggled once. And for a comedy, I don't care who made it. If Spielberg made it, I don't care. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actor playing Grandpa, I think Daniel Roebuck might be his name. He was great. Uh, Sherry, is that, am I correct on that? Yeah, Daniel Roebuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherry Moon? You know, people just immediately trash her. Oh, he puts her in all his films. Uh, is she a good actress? That might be a little too strong for me, but I don't think, I don't think she's as bad as people make her out to be. I think they're just, they just get honestly. I think the biggest criticism that people have of Sherry Moon is on her acting is based upon the baby character from House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil Rejects and Three from Hell. Just the whiny, nasally, can't stand that character to be honest. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, she's not bad. She looked gorgeous in this film. She looked absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I love the references they had. Uh, I forget the uncle. Uh, the uncle who's uh, actually in the original Munsters show was the actual costume from, of the creature from the Black Lagoon. He's in this, but you can tell it's like a rubber suit. So it's, you know, it, that, that kind of stuff works. However, 
I've never, uh, it's this movie, you would think this movie was made in the 70s because it just ends. They set up the drama and then it, it literally is just like, hey, Herman, this worked. Huh? I'm rich and it's over. It's just like, I'm like, what? <laughs> like it literally, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's it, the writing and the screenplay, the, like the story and the screenplay are terrible. However, I give credit where credit's due, man. The movies look, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, this is a movie I would put on in the background at a Halloween party. No sound. You play the music. You play whatever. You, you play ho- good Halloween music. You don't listen to this movie because there you go. We're watching the screen. Written and directed by Rob Zombie. If you scratch, scratch off the written and had just somebody else, you know, if he would just do other people's stuff and direct it, people would change their tune on him. I guarantee it. He's just such a terrible writer. And he's never done anything to prove me wrong on that. He has good ideas. He has great ideas for things. But screenplay is not, you know, you can't be that writer, producer, writer, actor, director, producer, cinematographer, uh, drummer, uh, lead, you know, you, you, some, pe- some people can, but you can count those people on one hand. You know, so that's my opinion on the monsters. <laughs> I, I, did see some, I did see something else, though. Again, and I, the thing that blows my mind is I've never seen so many people defend Rob Zombie in his entire filmography as the people online in the horror groups I'm in with the Munsters, like, stop shitting on it. It was fantastic. My kids loved it. Hey, guess what? That's great. But I can dislike it. And I explained why. Now, if you're going to get online, as we talk about all the time, and say, oh, movie was shit. And that's your opinion, that it was just shit? I don't care to hear that because you're not explaining it. Tell, why, do you, why was it shit? Why was it good? But I will tell say this: the people, the re, a lot of the reasons I see why people say it's good, mainly because it was so funny, sir, <laughs> madam. I've seen funny movies. The Munsters is not one of them. If you thought it was funny and great, let me know why. Let's talk about it because that's what we love to do here: is talk, 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 talk on the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but however, I, I did watch. I tracked. I was able to find through some nefarious means the pilot for the reboot of the Munsters from a few years ago, which was called Mockingbird Lane. Now, listen to this cast. Jerry O'Connell as Herman, uh, Portia de Rossi as Lily, uh, Eddie Izzard as Grandpa, which is was perfect casting. Uh, and the girl who played Marilyn was gorgeous, looked just like her. And the kid that played Eddie's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, his name is, I'm looking for it. Why can't I see it? Am I blind? Mason Cook. Mason Cook. He's been in a ton of stuff. You, when you see him in it, you recognize it. Now, it's a 40-minute pilot directed by Brian Singer, who's about on the level of John Landis, if you ask hmm. me. Uh, however, like, if this show would have came out today, it would have been, it, we would have had a couple of seasons of it. This show was ahead of its time, coming out in 2012, 10 years ago. Portia de Rossi as a brunette is gorgeous. Uh, I think the only weak leak in the cast is Jerry O'Connell, not with his acting, but with... The concept of Herman, I like it, but I think they should have gone a little more creepy with it. But if, you, if, you, if you're a fan of the Munsters and you haven't seen this, I highly recommend trying to track it down. It's like, it would, it, I mean, it's gory. It's got uh, Cheyenne Jackson's in it. I, uh, he's, I think he's a great actor. Uh, he pops up in it. But uh, Eddie Izzard as Grandpa is some of the most inspired casting in a long time. <laughs> And it's mm-hmm. and it's 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 a dark. It's they they updated it for I say today, but it was ten years ago. The monster Rob Zombie's The Monsters is an episode of the show that they never should have aired because it wasn't funny. It would have been funny then. It's not funny now. To me, to me, 
Keep that in mind for you if you if you loved it. It's just an opinion. Don't get so mad about it. However, Mockingbird Lane was fan. It was it was so new and fresh and actually funny. Interesting. The the takes on the characters were fantastic. I thought it 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 was a perfect way to update it for modern time. Like these characters, you know, it made it scary and funny, which is, to my opinion, is the way to take it. Otherwise, you're just rehashing the same shit. You're really you're just remaking. All Rob Zombie was remake the TV show, which he loves, which he's a fan of it. Hey, and he I guess he did a good job, except in my opinion with the writing. But you know, for a fresh, unique take on an old property, Mockingbird Lane was Mockingbird Mockingbird Lane was fantastic, and I really like after watching the the pilot, I was like, God, I wish we would at least got a season out of this, man. It was fantastic, mm. but uh, apparently a lot of people didn't like it. However, seven point three on IMDb. Jesse, what does Rob Zombie's The Munsters have on uh, the the infallible IMDb? 4.5. That's about right. I, I wouldn't give it a 5 because there's more wow. that I disliked than I liked. But it's... Uh, take out the 10s. Take out the 1s. Of course, the 1s are probably deserved in this case. I'd say it's about an average of probably 3 or 4. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, you, again, everybody, you can like whatever you like. And random people online or on a post bashing it doesn't affect your doesn't need to affect your enjoyment of it. Remember that. So just keep that in mind <laughs> when it comes to that. And I did watch the first episode of Dahmer. I wasn't going to watch it at all because I've seen documentaries on. I know the story. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's popular because that happened so long ago that modern younger people have no clue. They just heard the name and don't know the story. So uh, it's it's. It, I'm not bashing it for that. I'm saying it's a, it was, it's a good time to bring it up, I guess, because people don't know about it. Uh, but there's a lot of really good documentaries. You can even find them on YouTube uh, about Dahmer, which are... Oh, I've seen one episode of the show, and it's fine. I'm, I, I, we'll finish it. But it's like, uh, you know, when a documentary... you seen, I wish I could think of the name of the documentary I'm thinking of. There was a really good one where they interviewed his neighbor... Uh, played by the lady from Reno 911. I can never remember her name, but every time she pops up, I'm like, oh, it's the girl from Reno 911. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, but the documentary, I wish I could remember the name of it just to educate, help people find it, but uh, really good. And you know, when, when I've seen a really good documentary, personally, I don't care if there's a movie. I don't want to see the movie. I've seen the real story. I don't necessarily want to see the movie, if that makes sense. Uh, for example, Tiger King. Why did they, why did they, now if Nicolas Cage would have been in it, I would have watched it. You know, I'll, I'll watch something for the performances, don't get me wrong. You know, but the Tiger King show. Why, are, why, why do I want to watch that show when I could watch the documentary that is more crazy than anything they could do on the show? I'm watching the real shit. Uh, but they're doing another one I saw too where, um, what's her name? Uh, oh my God, she's in every American Horror Story season. Uh, I can see her face and I can't think of her damn name. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't know that one. <laughs> oh my! Uh, I, I, I'm gonna punch myself in the face when I hear her name. I can see her face. Oh, she's in every Ryan Murphy project. Uh, Ryan oh Murphy. God. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of Ryan Murphy stuff. Oh, that uh, documentary you're trying to think of was Dahmer Monster. There you go. Uh, the De- Jeffrey Dahmer story came out in 2017. No, yeah. no, wait, that's not it. That's not it. Why am I thinking of that? Uh, I mean, it could be it. There's my friend Dahmer. That was a 
2017. There's Jeff that came out in 2018. Oh, no, no, I think it might be that. The Jeffrey Dahmer Files. That sounds very familiar. The Jeffrey Dahmer Files. It might, it might be that. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, we got that other cover. Again, sorry, everybody, is visual talking on an audio podcast. But go up. <laughs> the, yeah, that cover of the freezer. The, yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah. The Jeffrey Dahmer Files 2012? 2012. 2012. Yeah. That's the document. That's, that documentary is fantastic. Uh, and that's the one okay. I, that creeps yeah, you yeah. out. A lot of, you know, when documentaries show you the real shit, that's what, you know, like, you know, yes, you know, show me the stuff they didn't show you on the news. It, it stays with you <laughs> more than mm. they... Uh, they do. However, I will say this: the show, at least in the first episode, great job of staying pretty true to the facts, like how they caught him. That is how. That's almost exactly how it went down. But yeah, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer files. Check it out if you're interested in the in you know, a documentary, a very well done documentary on that story. But uh, Sarah Paulson, that's her name. See, it just takes me time, everybody. It takes me time. Sarah Paulson is the actress I'm thinking of. But there's a documentary on HBO. I think it's called The Way Down. Maybe it's on Netflix. No, it's on, yeah, I think it's on Netflix. The Way Down. About uh, that big-haired church lady in Georgia or something that died in a plane crash, uh, hmm. but uh, they're making a series with her as her, and it's like I don't understand why. Because what? Well, actually, you know what? I do understand why. Because people, more people are going to watch a movie than a documentary. You know, documentaries are movies. <laughs> Technically, yeah. you know what I'm saying. But uh, if you want a now that that doc, I think it's like only three episodes. I think it's on each, it's on Netflix or HBO Max. It's on one of them. Uh, but what, that doc, way down, yeah. Way HBO down Max. is a Max original. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's uh, it is heartbreaking. Uh, it's the reason why people, you know, I saw a thing on uh, I fucking love science on Facebook. You know, like Christianity is losing like members. Like this is the reason, and that's a docu- that documentary would tell you one of the reasons why because all these shysters that are out there, you know, you know, uh, get a little, my little, uh, get a, uh, woke alert, woke alert, you know, that are <laughs> claiming to teach things that are from a holy text and are absolutely not and are getting rich off of it uh, and facilitating abuse of children and other things is completely unacceptable. And uh, that, that's in that church that she started, thankfully, you know, I, I, you know, I I'm not going to lower myself to, to be glad somebody's dead, but let's be honest, the world is a better place without some people in it. Uh, but her church is still going with, I think, one of her daughters or sisters or some shit like that. So everything you watch in the documentary, still going on. All that crap from the Warren Jeff stuff, still going on. You know, and it's just like, because of laws, stupid laws, and all this other shit, they're getting away with it. Mm. And it's, it is absolutely, because... When at the end of this, at the end of the way down, when it said that the church is still going on, like I looked online, like trying to find like ways, like for advocacy groups to donate to or something to try to fight this shit, because it is, it is all over the place, man. I mean, it, it, history has a way of repeating. It. I mean, repeating itself. I mean, Jonestown. I mean, all all this stuff, all this historical stuff, where these you know charisma, these charismatic people. Uh, whether they have orange hair or not, are making people believe bullshit, and they're buying it hook, line, and sinker because it's under the masquerade of a religion, and it's a fucking cult. There you go. I'm off my. Mm. I'm sure we got a one star review for that <laughs> statement. Fuck them. Bring it. Bring it. Give me all the one star reviews you want if I'm speaking the truth and you're fucking got a head in the sand. Anyway, so yeah, that's the back to the future to segment from under, the, under all that sand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but next week, everybody, uh, next episode, I should should be will be which absolutely will be next 
next week mm-hmm. will be our first episode of our Halloween horror for the year. And this year, the theme, as soon as I, I'm trying to find my logo I made for it so I can talk about it. I know I saved it. Well, anyway, the theme anyway. for this... <laughs> I'm still trying to buy time because I, I, I know it's on here. And I just can't find this stupid thing. Anyway, but the theme for the month is the letter W. Whoa, what? What the fuck? Yeah, a lot of W's in that sentence. A lot of alliteration is the word you might be looking for. But uh, all the movies that we're going to cover this year on Halloween Horror start with the letter W. W. So it's in honor of George W. Bush. No. (laughs) No. Best president of my lifetime. I'd have voted for him for a third term. Just kidding. Uh, Although... If uh, I went to his presidential museum, you know, people say a lot of stuff about George H.W., but he did. If you look at some of the other stuff he did, you know, did some he did some he did some good stuff too for the country, despite you know an unwinnable war and all that kind of stuff. But can't necessarily fault some people for that. That's a whole other that's a whole other topic. Let's not go there. But yeah. anyway, yeah. So this year on Eighties Revisited Halloween Horror, one letter means terror, and that letter is an upside down M. But, uh, yeah, so every episode this week, in chronological order of their release date, uh, we'll be covering some of them. We're mentioned on this episode as some of the best horror of the year. Uh, but, yeah, they all start with the letter W, and we have not covered any of them. And if you'd like to know why we're doing this, it's because I've had two of these movies on my list to do for a while. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to watch them this year. It's, ho- it's October, basically. By the time you're listening to this, it will be. Uh, and like, hmm, W. You know, how can I tie this into Halloween horror? Oh, they both start with W. Let me find some more that we haven't done with the letter W. And thankfully, there was at least two more, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, that we hadn't done. These are movies we have, of course. Again, these are movies we haven't done. So, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. Some, some. Uh, definitely, this is kind of like a lot of B level horror, so to speak. Aside, and a couple of them are A level in my in my opinion. But uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a really eclectic month. So uh, if you're a horror hound, this should be a fun one. So. Just remember the letter W, www. Dot 80s revisited. That's not a real site. (laughs) So don't go to that website. However, if you would like to shoot us an email like our good friends Plain Pull and Tom and UKP, 80s revisited at gmail.com. On Facebook, uh, 80s revisited podcast. On Instagram, at 80s underscore revisited. And of course, shout outs to our good friend, uh, good friends, excuse me, uh, John with. uh, Cajun Tour Review on YouTube, and of course, Ben Wyatt over there in Tasmania, keeping it real, watching Red X. Still watching, watching our, <laughs> our movie that we made. The so, Pursuit of Red X on YouTube. Yeah, if you're new to the yeah, we haven't plugged that in like six years, so. <laughs> if you want to see what I look uh, like. I think it's like 12 years old now at this point. Wow, God. Well, 12 yeah. years since it released, Jesse, or since you started it? Because I know that it took, what, like three, four years to get done? That's like an average age, I guess, because I think we started like t- 2008 as far as writing and all that stuff till the final shot was probably 2012. So 10 years old from release. Gotcha. 12 years old from roughly, it was almost done and then took two more years. It's actually, hey, that's an actual movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, everybody, it, I am excited that it is a fit, you know, I consider the spooky season. The second a spirit Halloween opens, it's Halloween, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, that's the tale now in this day and age. Uh, so it's been a spooky season for me for a while, but tomorrow is October 1st. It's already October 1st for, our, for Ben in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. 
he's always he's always he's always in the lead when it comes to to time for us. But uh, I'm excited. Watch scary movies. I've given you ten great ones to choose from if you haven't seen them, and if you have, these are the ones you watch every year, everybody, uh, and all the other ones I mentioned too. So until next time, remember everybody, stay. Oh, actually, I had a little thing I was going to say, and I closed. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pay homage to Orson Welles so I'll, I'll do it now anyway so goodbye everybody and remember the terrible lesson you learned tonight that grinning glowing globular invader of your living room is an inhabitant of the pumpkin patch and if your doorbell rings and nobody's there that was no Martian it's 80s Revisited stay safe everybody happy Halloween officially and until next time I hopefully will remain Trey Harris Jesse Sedgley. Kawabonga. Ah, 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 ah.